RTHK. An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3. Money Talk. Good morning, it's 8.03 in Hong Kong on Monday the 18th of July. A warm welcome to Money Talk on Radio 3. I'm Peter Lewis with the day's business headlines. China's economy narrowly escaped falling into contraction in the second quarter, hit by COVID-related lockdowns and the collapsing property market. GDP rose just 0.4% from a year earlier, down from an expansion of 4.8% in the first quarter, and missing consensus estimates of growth of 1.2%. It was the weakest result since the first quarter of 2020, when the COVID-19 pandemic first emerged, and the second worst quarterly growth figure in 30 years. Other data released by the National Bureau of Statistics for June painted a mixed picture. Industrial production picked up in July, but by less than expected, and property investments tumbled more than expected. The bright spots among Friday's data release were retail sales, which beat estimates, and the jobless rate was slightly lower than forecast. China's real estate investments declined by 5.4% year-over-year in the first half of 2022, compared to the 4% drop in the first five months of the year. New home prices also continued to fall in June, the 10th straight monthly decline. New home prices dropped half a percent year-on-year last month, with the declines accelerating from a fall of 0.1% in May. The People's Bank of China kept a key policy rate unchanged Friday for the sixth straight month. The central bank said it was keeping the rate on the one-year medium-term lending facility unchanged at 2.85%. And economic data from the US on Friday showed retail sales rose 1% month-on-month in June exceeding economists' forecasts for a 0.8% gain. Inflation fears in the US eased slightly. The University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Study showed households' expectations of where inflation will be in five years' time dropped more than expected to 2.8% from the prior month's reading of 3.1%. On today's Money Talk, we're joined by Alex Wong of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management Company and Mark Michelson at IMA Asia. With a view from mainland China, is Shanghai-based independent economist Andy Scher. Money Talk! On Wall Street, US stocks jumped on Friday following better-than-expected retail sales data and the University of Michigan survey, which eased fears of a 100% basis, a 100 basis points increase rate rise from the Fed later this month. The S&P 500 index ended the day 1.9% higher at 3,863, but was down 0.9% for the week. The Dow climbed 658 points to 31,288, reducing its losses for the week to just 0.2%. The Nasdaq Composite gained 1.8% to 11,452, but was 1.6% lower on the week. The Pan-European Stock 600 Index fell 0.8% over the five days. The UK's FTSE 100 dropped half a percent over the same period. Hong Kong stocks slumped on Friday as a sell-off in Alibaba sent the market to its worst week since March 2020. 
The Hang Seng Index retreated 453 points Friday, or 2.2%, to 20,298, its fifth consecutive day of declines. For the week, the benchmark index lost 6.6%. The tech index lost 3.2% on the day and was down 7.7% over the week. On the mainland, the Shanghai Composite Index declined 1.6%. To 3,228, taking its losses for the week to 3.8%. Commodities fell for the fifth straight week. Great crude oil added 2%, and it's at $100.82 a barrel this morning. It was down 5.5% over the week. The copper sell off has intensified amid mounting concerns of a worldwide recession. The price of the industrial metal dropped below $7,000 a tonne. <clears throat> for the first time since November 2020. The price is down almost 8% for the week. That's its worst weekly loss since the depths of the coronavirus pandemic in March 2020. And it's down 25% for the year, on pace for its biggest annual decline since 2008. Gold was hit by a strong dollar, falling 2% last week to $1,710 an ounce, its lowest level in almost a year. And the yield on the benchmark 10-year note was three basis points lower at 2.93%. The yield curve remains the most inverted since the year 2000, with the yield on the two-year note trading at 3.13%. That's 16 basis points higher than the 10-year. And an inverted yield curve has historically preceded recessions. In the currency markets, the US dollar index rose for the third straight week. It was up 1% over the five sessions, hitting its highest level in 20 years last week. The euro rose 0.6% Friday to $1 and about three quarters of a cent, having fallen below $1 earlier last week for the first time in 20 years. Japanese yen fell 1.8% last week. It's trading right now at 138.37, close to the 24-year low it hit earlier last week. Sterling is at $1.18 and three quarters and nine Hong Kong dollars and 33 cents. The Chinese yuan has weakened following the GDP data and it's trading at 6.76 in offshore markets. Bitcoin fell almost 4% last week. And it's trading this morning at $20,800. Let's take a look around Asia-Pacific markets. In Australia right now, the SX200 is up half a percent. Markets in Japan are closed for a public holiday. The Cosby in South Korea is up right now 0.9%. Futures markets pointing to a gain of about 80 points for the Hang Seng at the Open this morning. Coming up to 8.10 and a warm welcome back to Money Talk for Alex Wong, director of the eponymously named Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management Company. Morning, Alex. Hi, morning, Peter. Long time to talk. Yes, nice to have you back. Thank you for coming along. And also with me here in Broadcasting House, Mark Michelson, chairman of Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia. Nice to see you, Mark. Good morning. Let's start with these GDP uh, figures, as you heard the economy narrowly uh, escaped falling into contraction. GDP rose just 0.4% from a year earlier. That's down from the expansion of 4.8% in the first quarter. Economists had been expecting growth of 1.2%. It's the weakest result since the first quarter of 2020, the second worst quarterly growth figure in 30 years. 
On a monthly basis, GDP contracted by 2.6% between the first and second quarters. That's far worse than economists' forecasts of a decline of 1.5%. Alex, um, Premier Lee vowed to publish accurate GDP data for the second quarter. He's done it by the sounds of it. This is painful, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I think uh, people were it would be disrupted by the uh, COVID lockdown in China in several key cities. So I think uh, people uh, expected that. And there's a few spike spots like uh, the retail. But I think uh, looking forward, people will still be uh, uh, very concerned because right now I think uh, what happened in the property market actually would affect uh, the overall sentiment. And are those the two key things, the the uh, the lockdowns in Shanghai and other big cities, and also the collapse in the property market. Is that the reason for this? I think uh, yes, of course. Uh, the lockdown probably may not have a, a very long-lasting impact on the um, economic activities because uh, people probably would expect uh, it would be under control after some time. So probably the impact would be for months only, not for years. But I think uh, the collapse in the property market actually would be a very key concern mm. because uh, right now um, the situation is quite worse, quite bad. And then uh, very likely uh, this is a structural problem because uh, the birth rate actually is low and then people probably actually would not would not get married that easily nowadays. So I think the demand side actually uh, already got some problems. So that's why I think that this probably could be a structural problem. And are you seeing signs that this is spreading now? It's not just a property market problem, it's a financial market problem as well, because we're seeing bonds, dollar bonds collapse of these lenders, uh, of, these, uh, of these bonds, and it's also spreading to the banks. Uh, yes, uh, this is spreading to the bank, and I think uh, the, the bond market actually would be dead because uh, right now uh, no people would would, 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 would work on those higher bonds as legit. So uh, very likely uh, we would see uh, a uh, freeze in that uh, lending channel and then the banks actually would take over and people would probably worry about the asset quality. And I think uh, the, the most important spillover probably would be in the job market because right now several key sectors actually are, are very um, are bad in hiring and actually probably they will be flying like the uh, internet sector, like the property sector and also the education sector. So the unemployment problem actually is quite huge in China. Mark, what's your take on this? Is it worse than what your members were, were thinking or has this really been what they've been saying now for, for the last few months? Well, you know, we've get, gotten indications for some time in terms of their businesses for the past few months. But yeah, I, I think it's a little worse and the worries is, is this continuing because in order to sort of get this under control and Alex mentioned a couple of factors already, obviously COVID is the key. And one of the problems is the expectations are mm. that it maybe isn't under control or they're going to be a lockdown. So I think you've, you've seen the numbers, how, what a still a high percentage of, of China is still under lockdowns or partial lockdowns. 200 plus million people bigger than most countries in the world mm. in terms of population. The other thing is, of course, the property sector, which we mentioned before, got to get construction going, um, get consumer spending and buying houses, which isn't happening either. And industry expanding and easing restrictions on big IT, which some Chinese officials have talked about publicly, but we haven't seen strong signs of, of that yet. So the uncertainty, I think, and you mentioned the you know the funding local local government financing vehicles the corruption involved mm -hmm. the debt debt uh, implications there this is what worries people so in the short term 
not looking so great. Our latest forecast is 3.2% for the 2022. It may go a little bit lower. But looking beyond that, we're, we're maybe cautiously optimistic that China will recover 2023 and beyond that 2024 and 2025, especially compared with Europe and, and North America and the U.S. in particular, which have some real issues going forward as well. I've heard a lot of economists talking over the last couple of days saying Q2 was the bottom for China's economy. Do you agree with that or do you, are your members feeling that? <laughs> the, 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 yeah, that that's sort of the expectation, but they're not sure. That's part of the reason. So many of them are still being cautious, mm. maybe not surprisingly. And everybody's trying to diversify, whether that helps or not, uh, to one extent or another, whatever that means in, in production, um, people, m- moving people from, uh, you know, not everybody out of China, but some people. But China is still, when you look around, where else is there? There are other markets that are interesting, but China is still really key for for almost all the companies across sectors. Mm. Alex, what clearly we're not going to make this, uh, or the, the government's not going to reach its 5.5% growth target for this year. Otherwise, it's, if it's going to, it's got to get over 7% now, hasn't it, in the second half um, of the year. So what does it do policy-wise to try and keep the economy going? Of course, I think uh, the, the old tools like um, monetary and, and fiscal, I think uh, they probably would still be very aggressive in fiscal, uh, trying to do more infrastructure projects and try to inject some, and also try to inject some more money in, in, in the system. So that, that are two uh, traditional ways. And I think China has the most room in the world probably to do those kind of things. But I think uh, the key probably would be um, the, 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 the success or not uh, in reviving the uh, confidence in the property sector. Mm. Do you think, though, infrastructure projects is the right way to do this? Because there's a lot of infrastructure already, isn't there? And they're they're going to expand uh, these local government financing vehicles. Local government debt is going to explode on top of all the existing debt. Is this the right way, do you think? I don't think so. Of course, we have seen this almost uh, 10 years ago. And and then China actually uh, has been lagging behind the world uh, Mm. for several years uh, since then. So I think that is not the right way. I think the right way is to revive uh, business confidence uh, and especially I think uh, the stabilization in property market is, is, uh, is a key and then also uh, they need to revive uh, the employment sector in in, the, in in education or probably in property. I think uh, those are uh, sectors which employ a huge number of people so that is uh, also a very important factor. Yeah, I, I agree completely uh, but the, you mentioned unemployment of course it's youth unemployment that we're we're worried about. I think you're going to be talking about that later. Well, let's do it now. Let me give you the figure. Youth unemployment uh, is at 19.3%. That's basically the jobless rate for the 16 to 24-year-old age bracket, up from 18.4% in May. Basically means nearly one in five young people out of work. That is not a uh, not exactly hopeful for both economic and, and social stability, as we all know in other cases. That's clearly an area... That, and I think the government knows that, that they have to focus on and figure out ways to, to mitigate this, this issue because that's a, that's potential time bomb as it has been for others. And it's far worse th- f- than for other countries. If you look at Japan's youth jobless rates in May, it was 3.8%. Uh, in the United States, it's 8.1%. 
In the European Union, 13.3%. Well, well it helps when you don't have many youth. Well, <laughs> as a percentage of yeah, 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 but, but why is it so bad in China? Why, why are the, 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 it seems to be the, the young people are really taking the brunt of this. Yeah, and I, I think that's not unusual. You know what's, and I don't know if this is the case in China, and, and maybe, uh, maybe Alex knows more about this than I do, I expect. But in other places, including in the United States and elsewhere, young people have been reluctant to go back into the job market, or at least in the traditional ways. Mm-hmm. Even, even though there are jobs available, they don't quite want to work the same way or in a different way and are looking for alternative lifestyles in a way. Not stop working, but to do it maybe not in the – not – Nine to five, or whatever, or really, uh, isn't one of the problems. Eight that, to twelve, whatever. It really isn't is. one of the problems in China that actually the types of jobs young people tend to gravitate to in the tech sector, the yes. internet, uh, the education sector, they are the the exact sectors that have just been crushed over the last year in in China by well, regulations. Absolutely. I, and that's what I mentioned before. I think, you know, the IT sector is, is, is key, not only for the economy, but for, for, for job creation. And you said, especially among this group. And if it's, you know, there are, there are reasons to, to regulate, but at the same time, if it's restricted to an extent that it's not going to grow and that it may even decline to some extent, that again narrows the choices. Alex, how big a problem is this? We obviously saw the overall unemployment rates improved a bit. It was 5.5% in June, uh, down from 5.9% in May. But this jobless rate, 19.3% for, for youth. No, I agree. Uh, that is probably distorted by the, uh, by the choices of the youth because uh, probably many of them would like to be doing uh, things on TikTok or yes. selling things uh, on internet. <laughs> so that's why the number is a little bit distorted. But I think that this is still a very high number. And, and that I think is not a good thing because uh, if you are being, uh, if you are doing those things for years, then you would be quite difficult to get back into traditional mm-hmm. ways of jobs. This is going to get worse though, isn't it? Because we've got a whole batch of new graduates coming onto the market soon. Yeah, I think uh, the problem is uh, many companies actually uh, stop hiring, and then the 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 outlook in the in the um, in the economy actually is uh, very uncertain right now. So they are probably uh, would try to control costs. Uh, that is another reason why we are seeing uh, that kind of uh, unemployment rate uh, among youth. Let me ask you about the retail sales. That increased uh, 0.53% month on month in seasonally adjusted terms. Um, do you see this as being sustainable or is this a bounce back really from uh, the lockdowns and consumers suddenly spending? I suspect that it's only a bounce back because uh, we are seeing slowdown in activities and also high unemployment rate. I don't think that this is sustainable. I think people probably would um, tighten their budget uh, uh, from now on. So very likely we would see the retail sales to, to go with again. Yeah, the, for for this year, and it's hard to know, right? It doesn't look like it. Uh, the members of our group, for example, or in consumer or or related to consumer, don't see a big change, and still see see uh, see hesitancy about about spending at least in the short term for some of the reasons we just mentioned before. Uh, think it will come back, and of course, it'll be encouraged by the government and and by others. But in the short term, short to medium term, it doesn't look like it's going to uh, surge by any means. And another uh, bad sign, real estate investment declined 5.4% year over year. Um, China's property investments, um, it's about 20% of China's GDP in terms of how it drives demand for goods and services. This is not good either. No, and a lot of individuals, 
depend on property for part of their income. Mm-hmm. And so that obviously affects the situation as well. Alex, what's your take on what's going on in the property market and this news that we've got um, lots of homeowners um, across the country now refusing to pay their mortgages on, on abandoned developments? I think uh, the government would, would uh, step in uh, fairly quickly because the situation is out of control and that creates a vicious cycle. Mm. But even after uh, the government step in, I don't think uh, the sentiment would change a lot because, uh, as I've said, actually the demand side already got some problem. And then uh, probably we will need to see a phase of consolidation so, uh, among the property companies to, to, to rectify the situation. Uh, because uh, if you are not in the good names, then probably buyers will not buy the buy buy your products. So I think uh, that probably need a very huge phase of consolidation amongst uh, those companies, and that would take time. So very likely we would see the downturn to last for quite some time. Yeah, property developers have a reputation challenge. It's not just in China, but around the world. I mean, for example, they've used deposits by by new buyers to finance constructions of apartments that they've already sold. These are the sorts of sorts of things that are that are happening and so it doesn't exactly sustain confidence so i expect the government will intervene okay thank you both very much there you had mark michelson chairman of the asia ceo forum at ima asia alex wong who's director of alex ky wong asset management company limited five six seven a.m radio three hello this is uncle ray To fight COVID-19, we need to pay attention to our personal hygiene and follow the social distancing protocol. And of course, getting the COVID-19 vaccine is the best way to protect yourself and your loved ones. We will fight this together. The time's 8.24. On the phone from Shanghai is independence economist Andy Sher. Morning, Andy. Good morning, Peter. Well, let me get your um, take on, uh, first of all, the GDP figures that uh, we've come, that uh, we heard on Friday. China just about escaping, falling into contraction. Uh, what do you make of it? How bad is it? Uh, well, uh, actually, we, we knew that before because of the electricity uh, uh, production actually uh, was a negative uh, 4.3% in April and a negative 3.3% in uh, in May and uh, a bit over 6% and now not making up for the previous two months drop in July uh, in June so uh, all the, all the cities were shut down obviously most of the big cities were shut down uh, the impact on the economy was uh, was easy to uh, to uh, anticipate mm. and if you look at Shanghai Shanghai's second quarter GDP contracted 13.7% year on year. That was the worst amongst all the province level regions. The unemployment rates hit 12.5% in Shanghai. Have you been feeling that, seeing it? Does it feel like there is a real recession going on in Shanghai? Obviously, the, 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 uh, uh, the office buildings and the shops were shut. Mm. So hard to see how the economy could function. So the, this number actually doesn't look that bad compared to the situation. Mm. So do, do you, are you seeing any signs that um, the economy bottomed in the second quarter? Have we seen the worst or do you think there's more to come? Well, uh, depending, it depends depend on if uh, more shutdowns are, uh, are going to come, right? 
Mm. We, we know that uh, the, the uh, kind of uh, in Shanghai, people, everybody has to update uh, the uh, the the uh, the PCR test uh, every 72 hours. But uh, oftentimes, uh, uh, the the uh, the people come to your your compound to test uh, like uh, every day if something's going on. So uh, basically. Uh, a, a, a lot of inconveniences everywhere you go, you have to scan and self-identify. Um, so I, I think that they are hoping not to not to have a shutdown. Mm. If but there's it, a shutdown, it's going to be worse, right? And, and presumably that could come because the zero COVID strategy is, is very much in place, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's not going to change. It's, it's pretty obvious. The issue is that uh, what, 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 uh, what the virus is spread quickly, and if BA BA dot five uh, lands, uh, it's it is uh, faster. So the uh, people are, are are jumping. And what did you make of the the rebound in retail sales? Is that a, a positive sign, or do you think this is just pent up demand that's uh, suddenly been unleashed and may not last? Yeah, some pent up demand. Uh, it, it, it happened in July, uh, in June, uh, mm. when, uh, when when the sh- uh, lockdown ended. Obviously, a lot of people people couldn't get out, so there were there were things to buy. They couldn't buy, but I I wouldn't count on uh, some sort of a trend uh, because the the income loss. Uh, uh, during during the second quarter was very serious, mm. uh, and. Uh, uh, and uh, some of the income uh, loss, like uh, in the financial sector, in the tech sector, the the, the huge wage wage cuts. So the the white collars consumption uh, is is going downscale. I I see a, a lot of impact everywhere. Even discount coffee shops are suffering a, a big decline in sales. I think. And the other problem, of course, is the property market. Uh, real estate investment fell 5.4% year over year in the first half of 2022. This is really just doesn't seem to be stabilizing, does it? And, it, and it's a big part of GDP. Yeah, I, 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 property, uh, a lot of numbers are, uh, are not accurate. The property, what's going on in the property market is the, the, the bubble uh, basically has, is deflating. Mm. And uh, the it's been going on for many many years. Uh, it's it's a huge one, and, and, and residential new residential property sales uh, for many years were selling at close to twenty percent of GDP. Mm. So obviously this is a huge huge thing, uh, and uh, it, I I I think that uh, uh, you know the issue is that uh, the, uh, the the property developers uh, don't uh, have uh, the debts are too just too high. And uh, the, the banks cannot lend them a lot more money because these guys uh, will, will just uh, throw uh, throw away the money. Uh, it's just you just throwing good money after bad money. So the the government really cannot revive this anymore. So the impact will be with us for for many years to come. You you say this is a property bubble that's deflating. Can it deflate without causing um, a financial crisis? Because um, this is spreading, isn't it? We're seeing now uh, the collapse in US dollar bonds of these property developers. Bank shares have been falling. Uh, it's led to a bank run in, in, in four regional banks in Henan province. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the basically uh, the uh, the offshore 
official bond market was designed in such a way that uh, the buyer, uh, the 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 bond buyers would not have any right on shore. Mm. So basically, you, uh, these people just uh, can kiss their money goodbye. But in terms of onshore impact, uh, the the banks obviously uh, it will be like Japan. Thirty years ago, the the banks will suck up a lot of bad debts. But the issue is that uh, these banks are owned by the government, so uh, the the capital for these banks is not in, not that essential. Basically, they 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 keep uh, doing business even if they don't have capital, right? Mm. So uh, we, you're not going to have this kind of snowballing like you saw in the United States in 2008. So simply, the, the, the financial system is like a huge absorber of bad assets. And uh, it stays there like nothing is happening. Okay, Andy, thank you very much indeed. That's Andy Scher, Shanghai-based independence economist. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this morning in Australia. The ASX 200 up three quarters of a percent. Uh, reminder that Japanese markets are closed for uh, a holiday. The Cosby in South Korea up over 1%. Now the Hang Seng due to gain about 70 points at the open later on this morning. Thank you for listening. I'll be back at 8 o'clock tomorrow. After the news, we have back chats with Janice Wong and Mike Rouse on Radio 3. The weather forecast, sunny periods, isolated showers, very hot during the day. Once again, that very hot weather warning still in force and it's going to be persistently very hot uh, this week. Maximum temperature could reach about 35 degrees. It's 30 degrees right now, 82% relative humidity. Times 8.32. Here's Andrew Shrosky with the half-hour news. Thank you, Peter. Health officials have rejected a suggestion by experts that they should drop a requirement for daily rapid COVID tests for teachers and students. The idea was one of several put forward by four University of Hong Kong experts, including two government advisors, at the weekend. But Dr. Chuang Shuk Kwan of the Center for Health Protection says rapid testing reduces the risk of class suspensions. I think this is a good way to screen out those test positive cases, whether it's student or staff of the school from mixing together with other students in the school to prevent major outbreaks in the schools. So the pre- at the present moment, we only observe a few clusters of cases among individual classes in some of the schools, around a few a day. So I think this is an effective measure to prevent major outbreaks in the schools, and it should be maintained in meantime. Japanese authorities say they're worried there could be a sudden spike in serious COVID cases after daily infections reached a record high. 110,000 new cases were registered on Saturday. Dr. Koji Wada is a professor of public health at the International University of Health and Welfare in Tokyo. The BA5 Omicron subvariant is dominant, and also people are having more activities. People are expecting to have a normal lives, but uh, now uh, rapidly the number of infected patients are increasing. Ukrainian, excuse me, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has sacked his security chief and top prosecutor over accusations that some members of their departments were collaborating with Russia. A number of people are being investigated for treason. At a news conference, the president accused more than 60 employees of the prosecutor's office of working against the state of Ukraine. The prosecutor, Irina Venediktova, and the chief security, Ivan Bakanov, have already been replaced. And in sport, Wang Jianen has leapt to victory in the men's long jump at the World Athletics Championships in the U.S. state of Oregon. 
The national team athlete was well off the pace going into his final jump, but he managed 8.36 meters, and that was enough to overcome Olympic champion and hot favorite Miltiadis Tantoglu of Greece. Wang said he would have been delighted with any medal. I didn't do well in my fifth attempt and jumped just over eight meters. For the last attempt, I aimed for a medal. The bar for a medal was 8.15 meters, which was just 10 centimeters longer than my 8.04 meter jump and should not be a problem for me. So I told myself not to think too much about other things and just focus on my own rhythm and the jump. I felt good after I jumped up in my last 